Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. go tonight to the book of Revelation, to the book of Revelation. We're going to be looking at chapter 12 and beginning with verse number 7. Book of Revelation chapter 12 and verse number 7. The Bible says, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought against fault and his angels, and prevailed not. Somebody say the devil's a loser. I won't say it again. The devil's a loser. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great jack dragon was cast out, that old serpent, called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before God, our God, day and night. And they... The brethren overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you having great wrath, because he knoweth he hath a short time. I want to focus on that familiar passage of Scripture that says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. I want to talk about vital weapons for victory. Vital weapons for victory. Let's just put your Bible down and begin to lift up your voice in this place today. Oh, Heavenly Father, we love you. We magnify you, oh, Lord. I'm asking you, God, to have your way in this house. I pray, Lord, for divine deliverance. I ask your God for your anointing and unction. Help us, Lord, to speak your word. Lord, that somebody may be encouraged today, that somebody's faith may be built up today. God, that there will be those, oh, Lord, that are strengthened in their spirit. We're going to give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. amen. Well, bless you. Be seated. And there was war in heaven. The conflict here before us presented in this text is a spiritual war, a spiritual warfare. And the great dragon fighting with Michael and his angels occurred in the unseen world, occurred in heaven, as it were. But I like the fact that uh, the outcome was sure and imminent. And the dragon prevailed not. 
Say that with me. The dragon prevailed not, and neither did they have any more place in heaven. They lost their status. They lost their power. Amen. And they had no more place. But I want to remind you today that the warfare that you and I are engaged in is not in the flesh when you're battling the great dragon. When you're battling the enemy of your soul, that old serpent. Isn't it interesting that the, the language that is used here? The old serpent. What does that take your mind to? It takes your mind all the way back to the garden, doesn't it? The old serpent. Satan. The devil. Slewfoot. Whatever you want to call him, he's the adversary of your soul. And the way to fight against your adversary, this dragon, is found to be in the spirit. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. We know these verses, but let me remind you of them. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Though we live in this body, though we live in the physical realm, we do not war after the physical realm. The war is not with flesh and blood. The war is not with that person that you often put a face to it. How many times have we done that? I'm having a real battle. I'll, I'll just, I know, if I could take care of them, you, you could take care of them and still have a problem because the problem is spiritual, not flesh. Verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty. Woo! They prevail against the enemy. They are victorious over the enemy. Amen. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination, every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Satan, amen, cannot do anything to defeat the redeemed. Satan doesn't have any power to destroy you. Hallelujah. He cannot defeat the redeemed. He's already lost. He's already been kicked out. He's already been defeated. Amen. Calvary has already taken care of it. The death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Somebody say he did it. He won the victory. And so Satan knows he has a short time and, and he's working hard to defeat God's people and can't do it. Somebody say he's the biggest loser. If he could not stand it, I mean, without any devil, he fell. Think about it for a minute. Satan had no devil, and he still fell. He's the biggest loser. He can't, he can't even stand. Amen. But the enemy is out to destroy, but he can't do it. But here's what he can do. He can frustrate. Here's what he can do. He can make us 
to where we are neutralized in our power, where we are marginalized in our power. He can make it to where we are not being as effective as we should be. He can make it so we're not being as obedient as he should, like we should be. But once I have been buried in the, in the name of the Lord and I breathe the breath of the Holy Spirit, I am a son of God and I am a partaker of the victory of Calvary. I am walking in victory, but the devil knows he can't defeat me, but what he can do is he can slow me down. He can hinder me. He can get in my head. He can tell, tell me things. He can get my flesh riled up. Amen. He can start talking to me and telling me how bad I am. When I make a mistake, he'll grind me and grind me and condemn me and condemn me and look at you, how bad you are. And so instead of praying, I feel condemned. Amen. But I want to tell him today that there are some weapons that will put him in his place. There are some weapons that you can overcome the enemy's tactics. He's the great deceiver. He deceives people left and right. But the victory happened when a loud voice from heaven said, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser. Somebody say the accuser. The accuser of the brethren is cast down which accused them before God day and night. You know what the accuser does? Is that he says, Zach, you know when you did that. You know when you told that story. You're so bad. You're a horrible person because you just told that story or you just did that certain thing. You know how you disobeyed. You know what you did. You're a terrible person. I'm going to tell you what, that's not God, that's the accuser that points his finger at you and says, you're not praying like you should, you're not worshiping like you should, you know how you did this and you did that and na 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 and he tells that and he goes on and on and on and he accuses us and sometimes the accusation is even true. But what is he trying to do? I can't defeat you, so I'll get you on guilt trip. I'll get you under condemnation. I'll make you feel like you are not effective. I'll make you feel like you shouldn't pray because you just can't make it. I'll make you feel like you shouldn't worship because you're not good enough. I'll make you feel like, well, there's no use to come to church. There's no use to get active because you're just not good enough. Hallelujah, but the Bible says they overcame him. How do we overcome him? How do we overcome the accuser of the brethren? What do we throw back in his face? Amen, it's like the court. He comes up in court and he says, Zach, I'm already getting you. Amen, God bless you. You taking notes there, buddy? Are you taking notes? Okay, good. Isn't that great? God bless you. So Zach's been accused. He's been accused by the prosecutor. Right? The prosecutor comes along. I'm not going to let one of y'all be the prosecutor. Ain't no devils in this house. <laughs> At least when I left, there was no devils in the house. <laughs> but the enemy comes up, and what does he do? He begins to tell the judge, guilty, 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 guilty. And all of a sudden, Zach's saying, he's right. He's right, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I've done that. I've done that. Yeah, that's right. 
and he hangs his head. It's amazing how the enemy will make us begin to feel, even though we've been buried in the name of the Lord, filled with the spirit of our God, and make us feel like we're a bunch of worthless bums and we'll never amount to anything. We can never do anything. But wait a second. There's another that comes along that says, hold on. I've got some more evidence to present to you. Yes, yes, yes. Guilty, guilty, guilty. But but he is overcome by the blood of the lamb. And when the blood begins to flow over him, you know what happens? The judge says, well, I don't see any guilt. There is no guilt there. It's all gone. It's all gone. Everything he did all that the devil pointed the finger at uh, is now gone so devil take that you can try to derail me you can try to throw me off you can try to make me feel so guilty but because I have access to the blood of Jesus I'm going to get weapon number one out and I'm going to lock and load and say here devil take a blood bullet amen because my God said he would cleanse me with his blood Praise God. Let's look at these weapons. Let's look at the blood. I'm going to read some Bible to you today. The book of Ephesians chapter 1. The book of Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, or in Christ, according to the had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love. Without blame. Without blame. Without blame. Oh, you're nothing but a goody two-shoes. No, I'm just a blood-covered child of God. Without blame having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise and uh, to the praise of the glory of his grace somebody say his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins john recorded in his epistle first john chapter 1 verse 7 but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship one with another and the blood of jesus christ his son cleanses us from all sins you see accuser of the brother you could point your pointy finger at me you could tell me how horrible of a person I am or I was you could dredge up everything that is I've done in my past every lie I've told everything that I've stolen every bad attitude every bad day every time I fussed and cussed every time I wanted to give up every time I thought I would quit and even when I did quit but there's something that changed my life and that is is the blood of Jesus covered my life when I repented. The blood of Jesus covered my life when I repented. The Bible says Jesus Christ loved us so much. In Revelation, he said he washed us from our sins in his own blood. Somebody say Jesus' blood. 
In Acts 20 and 28, it said that God purchased his church with his own blood. So if it's Jesus' blood and God's blood, hmm, think on that a while. We find that Peter wrote that we are redeemed with the precious, precious blood of Christ. Our sins are covered by the atoning work of Christ. When we say the blood, we're talking about what he did at Calvary. I'm not saved by my works, but rather the atoning work of Christ. I am clean not because I'm good or because I live a certain way or dress a certain way. Amen. None of my righteousness is anything but filthy rags. But because he sees me through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, it's by the blood. I'm talking to somebody today. Guilt has got you so far down. You feel like I'll never crawl out. I'll never be anything if they only knew what I did. If they only knew what I was. If they only knew that I was this and I was that. Amen. What I want to tell you first of all, if you haven't, amen, taken it to the cross. If you haven't taken it to the blood, you can do it tonight. Oh, Heavenly Father, forgive me. I know that I made a mistake. I know I'm not not making an excuse. I'm just simply saying, cover me. Cover me. Grace is going to cover me. It's grace that brought me to repentance. It's grace that brought me to the water baptism. It's grace that filled me with his spirit. It's grace that's going to help me live right. But it's the devil comes along going, look at you. Look what you do. Look how you did it. Look how sorry you are. Look how awful you are. I want to preach it sometime, but the way you know the difference between condemnation and conviction is condemnation will never take you to an altar. It'll make you feel guilty. It'll make you feel guilty. Horrible. Conviction is the love and light of the Lord that leads you to an altar of repentance. Amen. If you feel convicted in your life, thank the Lord. That's his spirit convicting us, smiting us. If I feel guilty and shame, it's not conviction, it's condemnation. His blood is the competent, continual, and comprehensive covering that puts me in the place where the accuser of the brother has no power over me. So weapon number one is vital to victory, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Say that with me. The blood of Jesus. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Satan, the blood of Jesus. Satan. The blood of Jesus is against you. You're going to lose. You're going to fail. You're never going to make it. You're never going to amount to anything. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. You You'll never be happy again. You'll never be fulfilled in this relationship. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. You can never amount to anything in the church because of your past. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Your mind is fried and you've got so much depression that you're just an awful person. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. I, I can't go to point two until somebody gets this 
tonight in their spirit that it's the blood of Jesus that puts the accuser of the brother to flight. Amen. Don't argue with me, devil. Argue with the blood. Don't argue about my past and tell me how wrong I've been. Let me tell you about your future. Let me tell you why you're working short. Let me tell you why you're working so hard. It's because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Can I remind you that you cannot be defeated by the devil unless you allow yourself, unless you give place to the devil. When the devil comes talking to you, why don't you just tell him you're the biggest loser? Why don't you shut up? Why don't you be quiet? Weapon number one is the blood of Jesus. Weapon number two is the word they overcome by the word of their testimony. I want to tell somebody today, when you're covered by the blood, hell fears your testimony. Hell fears your testimony. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Paul says, We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed. According as it is written, I believed. And therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and present us with you. For all things are for your sake, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. Though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. What is he saying? What I have seen written, I believe. And what I believe, I speak. What I've seen written, I believe. And what I believe, I speak. Here is how you have a testimony. He's not talking about a testimony service as we think of, of a, a traditional testimony service, but he's talking about believing and speaking opens the door of the power of God to work against the enemy. So whatever you allow yourself to believe, whatever you allow your ears to listen to, will become the kind of faith that you will act upon. For the word that is nigh you is even in your mouth. Amen. The closest word you get to is the word that you believe. If you listen to the devil and you listen to his discouragement, if you listen to a gossiper, if you listen to worry, if you listen to fear, if you listen to doubt, all of a sudden that's what will come out of your mouth. But if you you begin to believe this is what my God said, then that's what my testimony is going to be. That's what's coming out of my mouth. Not what I feel, not what I see, but what the word says. They overcome the devil, uh, amen, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Everybody say logos. That's what the word word means. Logos. The statement. The thought the talk, the reason of your testimony. The word testimony is where we get the word martyr or a witness to that which furnishes evidence or proof. A testimony is a solemn declaration. Somebody say declaration. Or affirmation. 
made to the purpose of establishing something that is proven fact, like a witness on the stand. Amen. We will find that they are declaring something to be so. You will find in the Septuagint, which is the, the interpretation and the writing of Scripture that has been interpreted in Greek. The very first place that you will find this is in the book of Genesis where Jacob and Laban are cutting a covenant. This is the exact same word. They are cutting a covenant. So when you look at the devil, you say, I'm fighting you with the blood and I'm fighting you with a covenant I made with God. My testimony, it's coming out of my mouth. I believe it. Amen. Because I want it to come out of my mouth you will either agree with your accuser or you'll agree with the lamb you'll either agree with the accuser your flesh your body your mind bad dumb stupid can't amount to anything never be anything never do anything or you could say that's not what the lamb says about me that's not what I'm going to say about myself how about looking at Psalm 27 and verse 1 let's make some declarations tonight let's make some statements of faith like the psalmist said the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear take that devil the Lord is the strength of my life of whom shall I be afraid that's my testimony when the wicked even my enemies and my foes come upon me to eat up my flesh they stumble and fell though a host should encamp against me my heart shall not fear though war should rise against me in this will I be confident amen the Lord is my light the Lord is my salvation the Lord is my song the Lord is my strength strength. The Lord is my help. Somebody say, that's what I'm going to testify about. That's my testimony. My testimony is he never left me or forsaken me. He's never turned his back on me. Amen. I've turned my back on him, but he's never turned. I don't maybe understand him, but I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him. Hallelujah. I believe today somebody ought to testify of the glory of God in your life. I want to take you back to Ephesians 1. We're going to walk through this because the book of Ephesians, the first chapter, is a chapter that tells your identity and my identity. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. We're going to declare some things as our testimony tonight. Be, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Somebody say, I'm blessed. Now somebody that really knows that they're blessed, say, I'm blessed. Turn to somebody and tell them like you mean it. I am blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Here's what we say in our testimony. I'm blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed to be fruitful. I'm blessed with daily provisions. I'm blessed in, in daily activities. I'm blessed with victory. I'm blessed in my business. I said I'm blessed in my business. I'm blessed in my business. I'm blessed in my business. I'm blessed socially. You might feel socially awkward. Why don't you begin to declare the testimony of the Lord? I'm blessed socially. He's going to help me make friends. He's going to help me get 
uh, 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 buddies. He's going to help me in, in, in my, my daily life. I'm blessed financially. I'm blessed economically. I'm blessed, hallelujah, relationally. I'm blessed behaviorally. I'm blessed. I'm blessed psychology. Oh, pastor, if you only knew what's going through my mind. Why don't you begin to declare the testimony of Jesus Christ? He said, I'm going to have a victory in my mind. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That's my testimony. Devil, not what you're trying to put in my head, not what you're trying to put in my mind. I am blessed emotionally. I'm blessed spiritually. I am blessed biologically. I am blessed neurologically. I am blessed hormonally. I am blessed nutritionally. I am blessed culturally. I'm blessed educationally. I believe that I can live a blessing. If you would, I will take it to heart. Deuteronomy 28, he said, I'd be blessed. If I obey him, I'm going to be blessed. If I follow him, I'm going to be blessed. And even if I mess up, I've got gold. I'm going back to weapon number one, and I'm declaring the blood, and then I'm going back to my testimony. Yes, you could mess up, and yes, you could fall out and be short of the glory of God. Then go back and get weapon number one. Back to the blood. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Praise be to God. Again, let's stay in Ephesians 1. Look at verse 4. We're talking about the testimony that we ought to be overcoming with. Verse 4, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Somebody say he picked me. He didn't just pick you today. He didn't just pick you when you were a baby. It says he picked us before the foundation of the world. Before he said, let there be light, he picked me. Turn to your neighbor and say, that means I'm somebody. I am somebody. I am something. Mm -hmm. He picked me. He not only picked me and said, I choose you, but he says, I choose you to be holy. I choose you to be victorious. I choose you to be without blame. I choose you to live right. He picked me. I can never do that. I can never live like. Well, he picked you to be so. Amen. He told Jeremiah, I knew you before you were ever born. Amen. But this goes even further than that. He said, I knew you before the foundation of the world. Somebody say, he chose me. He chose me. Before creation, he chose me. That's my testimony. And if that is not, look at verse 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Listen to this. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us 
accepted, accepted in the blood, in the beloved. Not only does he choose me before the foundation of the world, but he accepts me in his uh, love. He gets me, he knows me, he knows my past, he knows my present, he knows my future, and yet he says, you're accepted. How's that? Go back to number one. Amen, his blood has covered me, so I now am the accepted because of the praise of the glory of his grace. I'm a chosen son. He picked me, but I'm accepted as well. I'm not rejected. I am not rejected. I am not rejected. Somebody say, I'm not rejected. I'm not a reject, and neither am I rejected. He doesn't reject me. One of the harshest things that people can deal with is, is, is the harsh bitterness of rejection. I'm not accepted. I'm not accepted. They don't accept me here. They don't accept me at school. They don't accept me at church. They don't accept me at home. They don't accept me on the job. I'm not accepted. Oh, you're listening to the accuser of the brethren. I said, you're listening to the accuser of the brethren because my God says you are accepted. You're accepted. I don't care what your heritage is. I don't care who your grandma is, your grandpa is. Whether you got a cousin Ed or a cousin Led, amen, you have been accepted by God. Somebody, if, 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 you, if, you, if this struck somebody really right now in the Holy Ghost, you couldn't sit where you were. That you would know that God gets me, he loves me, he accepts me, and that blows my mind. That doesn't mean that I've attained that acceptance. He accepts me by love. He accepts me by grace. Hallelujah, I have been accepted. Somebody say, I'm a child of God. I'm his masterpiece. Nobody going to say that? I am his masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. He said, you're not rejected. He said, I receive you. Hallelujah, because he accepts me. I am accepting and believing his joy. I believe his, his faithfulness and goodness to me. I believe that he's going to be steadily on my side. He is for me and not against me. I don't have to be accepted in this world. I don't have to be accepted on the job. I don't have to be accepted in the town. I don't even have to be accepted in my church because he accepts me. Here's what happens. When you realize that he accepts you, then all of a sudden you accept others. Somebody say, I'm accepted. The next thing, verse 7. Talking about declarations and testimonies. Verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. I'm not only chosen. I'm not only accepted. I am redeemed. I am redeemed. I am redeemed. I was lost going to a devil's hell. I was lost without God, but all of a sudden he redeemed me. Therefore, I'm secure in him. I am born again. I'm a new creature. I am faith-filled. I am a Holy Ghost tongue-talking, faith-speaking, fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm not ashamed of who I am. I am fearless because of who I am. I'm not shaken in this world anymore. I am redeemed. That's your testimony. Verse 8 says, Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. I am blessed. 
with wisdom. I am blessed with wisdom. And I have the capacity to think and understand. Look at what that scripture talks about. He has abounded toward us. Wisdom. Some of y'all are biting your nails because you don't know what to do. When God said, I've given you wisdom, it's got to come out of your mouth. Lord, you are going to lead me. Lord, you are going to guide me. Lord, you are going to show me what is right. I'm trusting in you, God. I'm not leaning on flesh, but on your wisdom. I need your wisdom. Amen. But I not only need wisdom, I need prudence. You know what prudence is? The capacity to understand. It is that I, I see your wisdom, but I get it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe today that you can declare, regardless of your education, regardless of your feelings, about your mental capacity. Amen. You may feel like you're the the, the least among us. But if you have, amen, been born again by the power of God, you can stand without reservation and say, I'm blessed with wisdom. I have the capacity. I get it. I get it. Well, I, I don't get it. I'm going to get it. I'm talking about the testimony. What's your testimony tonight? Is your testimony, I will be led by the Spirit, not by my flesh. I'll let the Spirit teach me. I will be hungry for righteousness and be filled. I will have the mind of Christ. Then verse 9 says, Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he had purposed in himself. I can testify. I know his will. I know what pleases him. And I know his purpose. I know his will, I know what pleases him, and I know his purpose for my life. The Bible said that without faith, it is impossible to do what? So if you know faith pleases him, then just simply make a statement of faith. I know him. He's got my best interest at heart. I know his will. I know his will. Hallelujah. I'll seek his will, and he's going to order my steps. I will seek his will, and he'll order my steps. Say that with me. I will seek his will, and he'll order my steps. I'll seek his pleasure. He'll order my steps. I'll seek what he wants for my life. He'll order my steps. No wonder the devil can't get you when you have a testimony like this. Then look at verse 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth, even in him, in whom we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Somebody say, I have a future. I have a future. Amen. Doesn't matter what's going on in your world. You can stand and say, I have a future. I remember my dad telling about a, a man that went to a church that he pastored when I was just a, a, a small infant and I didn't know what was going on naturally, but he said there was a man in that church that they brought to church in a little red wagon, and he was crippled up with some kind of crippling disease from a, a child. And they brought him in, and they bring him in, and he couldn't sit up. They just lay him in the front pew right over here on this side. And he'd clap his hands, but he couldn't clap like other people. And, and, and he, But he would try to sing, and, 
And, and, and so when testimony service come around, amen, he, he tried to get his attention and he said, I'll be glad one of these days when I'll clap like everybody else. I'll walk like everybody else. What is he saying? Here you are, devil. I don't care what I am, where I'm at. I know where I'm going. I know I have a future. I know I have a future. I know I have an inheritance. I know I have an inheritance. talking about telling your testimony. Then he said in verse 12 that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Somebody say, I'm a worshiper. That's my testimony. I'm a worshiper. I'm a worshiper. I don't have to be pumped and primed. I don't have to be prodded. I don't have to be stirred on by a song or some kind of salutation from a worship leader. I'm a worshiper. If you've gone through all these other declarations, by the time you get to a worshiper, there's praise that's coming out of your mouth. And finally, in this text, this testimony. In whom, verse 13, ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. So here's what I can testify. I'm sealed. I'm set apart. Heaven is mine. Hell can't have me. I am sealed I'm set apart. Heaven is mine and hell can't have me. And until that day, I either go by way of the grave or by way of the, the rapture. I'm going to keep believing I'm sealed. The Holy Ghost has set me apart. I'm sealed. Hallelujah with the spirit of promise. I believe that, that my present is covered and my future is covered. And also my past is covered. So the first weapon, what is it? The blood. The blood of Jesus. The second one is what comes out of your mouth, the word of your testimony. The third is just as powerful. They love not their lives unto the death. They love not their lives unto the death. What is this? It's not about me after all. Say it again. It's not about me after all. It's not about my feelings, my emotions. His blood's covered me. I'm declaring the testimony, but I love him so much, and I am all in so much. No matter what comes my way, I'm going to be living for him. Hallelujah. He calls the shot in my life, not me. Amen. He's the Lord of my life, not me. I'm going to follow wherever he demands, wherever he calls. Hallelujah. Luke 14, 26. Jesus said, if any man come to me and hate not father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sister, yea, and in his, his, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. What is he saying? Will you love me first? Will you love me most? Are you all in for me? Amen. Will you love him ahead of all others? Is it Jesus Christ first? First, number one. First, number one. First, number one. How do we respond to our trial and our test? Do we come out grumbling and complaining? Or we say, Lord, you're still good. Even when I can't see you, even when I can't feel you, Lord, I am your disciple. You're all, you're all that I want. 
There's a cost to follow Jesus, but that's your weapon. Paul said it like this, I am crucified with Christ, Galatians 2 and 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, not yet, not Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Your weapon is this. The blood of the Lamb, the word of your testimony, and living sacrificially before the Lord. Here I am, denying self. It's not about me. It's about you. When you boil it down to it, Lord, I'm here for you. I'm here to live for you. I'm here to serve you. And the benefit is I got the blood to cover my sins. I don't have to live in guilt. The benefit is I have the blood to cover my life. Therefore, the accuser can shut his mouth. The benefit is I get all the benefits, Lord, but I want you to know I'm all in for you. I'm all in for you. I want to follow you. That is a weapon. It's those that are, eh, I don't know. Should I be living for God? Or should I not? Eh, you know what the devil does? He goes, <laughs> I can get that one. But wait, 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 wait. I got a couple of other weapons here. I'm going to start using the blood, my testimony, and then my discipleship. The blood, the testimony, and my discipleship. Lord, I follow you. Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. Somebody know today you're not accused. You are accepted. Hallelujah. Don't fall under the accusation of the enemy. You are accepted in God. That's not a license to live any which way you want to. That's not, that's abusing the blood of Jesus and the forgiveness of the Lord. But you understand what I'm talking about when I repent and I turn 180 degrees, 180 degrees and go in a different direction. I can say I'm going to live for the Lord. But even if I make a mistake and I stump my toe or I, I mess up, I can go back to weapon number one and I can repent. Oh, and his blood covers me and I can shut the mouth of the accuser. Amen. I can open up my mouth and begin to declare, this is that God is in charge here. He's Lord. My testimony is not defeat. My testimony is not despair. My testimony is not my emotions. It's not how I feel. It's not what it says or what it looks, but it's rather what God says. Heavenly Father, right now, we need you. Come on, church. We need to pray right now. Why don't you open your heart? Which weapon do you need to use tonight? Which weapon do you need to use tonight? Do you need the blood? Why don't you call upon the blood of the Lord? How does that look? Repent, repent, repent. Oh, God, forgive me. Oh, Lord, you know how sorry I've been. Lord, you know that I haven't had my head uh, in the right place. Lord, you know what I've been watching. I shouldn't be watching where I'm going, oh, God, and the friends I'm hanging around with. Oh, Lord, these are not the best. Uh, oh, God, and my intentions are, are not to save, but I'm, I'm fitting in. I'm, I'm trying to be like the world rather than win the world. Uh, oh, God, would you forgive me? Lord, would you forgive me? Lord Jesus, uh, cover my mind today. I know my thoughts have been uh, running away 
awry. I realize, oh God, that I have, oh Lord, said things that I shouldn't have said. Lord, would you cover me with your blood? Weapon number one. Devil, you're defeated by the blood of the Lamb. The blood covers my mind. The blood covers my life. The blood covers my soul. The blood covers my, my spirit. I'm covered by the blood. I'm covered by the blood. I'm redeemed by the blood. I'm saved by the blood. Now I'm going to open my mouth and declare I'm a child of God. I am accepted. I'm chosen. I am his and he is mine. He loved me before I loved him. And oh, I thank you, Lord, for your testimony in me. Lord, and I give myself away to you. I give myself away to you. I give myself away to you. Praise God. Now you can either take this tonight and say, nice lesson, Pastor. Or you can take this home, load it in your Holy Ghost gun, and say, I'm using this on the job tomorrow. I'm using this when the devil comes at me and says, yeah, 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 I know how bad you are. I know what you did. I know what you're doing. Amen. Oh, but devil, what you've got to deal with now, I've repented. And I'll repent tomorrow. And I'll repent next month. I'll keep on living for God. I'll keep on accepting his grace. Amen. Make a mistake. I'm getting back up because I'm holding on to the grace of God. Not to my works and not to my righteousness, but the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So devil, weapon number one, the blood of Jesus is against you. Weapon number two, I'm going to open my mouth and declare who I am in Christ and declare what he has done for me. All the blessings that he has for me, I'm going to declare it. And number three, I'm all in. What happens when you become all in is all of a sudden those things that once tripped us up doesn't matter anymore. What, we, what used to get us pulled aside, what, what, what you know, that, that offense, that bitterness, that perplexity, that rejection, whatever it may all of a sudden is that, I'm accepted. I'm accepted. Praise God. Brother Daniel, I'm accepted. I'm old and bald-headed. I'm still accepted. I said I'm still accepted. What's your, what's your, what's your thoughts? Are you accepted? <laughs> but, Pastor, I'm just not good enough. I'm not like Sister So-and-So. She's just got it all together. Baloney. Ain't not a one of us got it all together. Except him. Thank you, Lord. Let's love him just a little bit here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. I come against the spirit of guilt that's on people's mind right now. There's some under the sound of my voice right now that's battling all kinds of guilt and despair. The enemy has come against them and said, you know what? You can't live this. You might as well quit. You can't live this. You might as well. I'm speaking to somebody in the Holy Ghost right now. You might as well quit. You might as well give in. You might as well throw in the towel. I'm telling you, that's the voice of the accuser. That's the voice of condemnation. That's the voice of the condemnation. Amen. Listen to the voice of grace tonight. Grace says, come on. Come on. I've got a plan for you. I want you to know i got a plan. I can heal you. I can touch you. I can set you free. I can give you what you need in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I am more than a conqueror because of the blood, because of my testimony, because of my sacrifice. I am more than a conqueror.
Praise God. Praise God. Amen. <clears throat> Even in a church like ours, that we know everybody, we think we knew. You look at somebody and you say, man, look how good they are. Look how they got it all together. You don't know what's happening behind closed doors. You don't know what they're dealing with. You don't know what pain, what hurt, or what problems. So that just puts us all in the same basket. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com.